Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your bodily Thou fluid. Thou shalt kill all of your Everybody's had a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble you, but you can pretend tea. like you will. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We got Katie. She's the redhead. Hi. And we got Carly. She's the blonde. Hiya. Thank you so much for joining us. We recently wrapped season one of Straight Up Evil, and now we're coming to you in a very special episode because... Uh, there's been a lot of true crime news, as I'm sure most of you know, and a lot of stuff we've been updating on our Facebook, trying to keep people aware of what's going on. We thought we would get together virtually because of the situation and discuss uh, some of the updates that have come across the news in the past couple weeks, couple months. And we're going to start off with Katie talking about the biggest turd. Um all time of the west coast <laughs> biggest turd of the west coast <laughs> the golden state killer 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 joseph joseph james jizzy james d'angelo so, so we're hoping that we'll definitely cover um an episode of him so that we can really get into the nitty-gritty like i'm of his filth and disgust that was himself. But uh, basically, he eluded capture from for 42 years. He's one of the most prolific serial killers in history. And he reigned terror over Sacramento County and other nearby counties in Northern and Southern California from the years of 1986 to 1986 for 10 years. Um, he committed 60 home invasions, 50 rapes, and 13 murders. So basically he had his trial on June 29th of 2020 and he pled guilty to all of the 13 counts of murder and the kidnappings in exchange for receiving a life sentence without the possibility of parole, of parole instead of receiving the death penalty. So his attorneys basically got him out of being killed. So I feel like they got, they let all the victims, the families of the victims and all the victim survivors uh, speak out at the trial, which I feel like is his only like form of punishment possible that is even close to like making him have to feel it. But you but he, No. And he's like so old and just like, and just watching that, I watched like the little, like some bits of the trial and he's just so eerily like he just even in his old decrepit age he still just gives me the worst vibes just watching him on tv like it was brutal it was absolutely brutal um I'm definitely like a little bit brainwashed after just like reading and watching about him all day today for hours. It's like all I've done. And now I just like 
want to go plant some fucking flowers, okay? So I yeah. feel <laughs> talk about something nice. Yeah. Something that's my a little bit nicer. Stuffed animals, okay? Literally. I'm, I'm like honestly shocked at the plea. Like I am. I, I don't I don't understand. Like he what like he looks like he has had he's he's had like all the helium sucked out of him. You know what I mean? Like he looks like one of the like he's walking around, like you know what I mean? And he's just like I don't know, he's like Dracula or something. Oh yeah. And he's yeah. so old and so frail. I don't understand why he didn't um why why he didn't take the death penalty. I don't I really don't what does he have to lose? I know. Probably. It's funny. My mom said that too. My mom was like, you would think that like living would be worse. Yeah. But it just further proves like his level of like sick. Yeah. His psychosis. Yeah. Is just like on another level of demented and fucking torture. I mean, the level of torture and I mean, it's just that's the point like any normal normal person would have chosen that you know what i mean but he's obviously the exact opposite of a normal thinker you know so i'm not i'm not completely shocked and it's almost like even in the end once he's been caught he still wants to like manipulate things and turn it exactly like where you would think he would just like you said quinny like he that he would be like I'll just take the death penalty, but instead he's doing the opposite. And he did that through his whole career. That's what his, his criminal record, that's what he did. Yeah. Psycho. Um, stupid I, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, so get this. So, okay, I want to give two shout outs, first of all, two shout outs to fucking Paul Holes, okay, because I'm obsessed with him. Paul Holes, man. Winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Paul Holes. Winner. Mrs. Paul Holes. Forgive me for the <laughs> Paul Holes can put it in my hole, okay? Because <laughs> I love him. Like, I love him. I want to work with him. I want to solve crimes with him. I want to learn from his brain. He's yeah. so fascinating to me, and I'm completely obsessed with him. Okay. So, shout out to him. Cause he, and yeah, cause he, I mean, he's basically the, he's the reason that the crime was solved. Essentially, essentially there are other people that have to do with it. And the other shout out I wanted to give to was fucking Michelle Mc, Mc, McNamara. McNamara. Uh, yeah. Who did the novel in, um, the, what the hell is it called? I'll be gone in the dark. In the dark or whatever shit. Yeah. And the docu-series and she you know coined the term golden state killer and so i thought that was so cool that she was like the originator of the name right so then of course i had to come up with all of my own nicknames for after my day of research i'm ready so we know what we know him as what he has already been named golden state killer he started you know he started as the east area rapist the original Night Stalker, the Diamond Knot Killer, Crazy Joe. Those are all of his like names that other people gave him, okay? These are the ones that I gave him, okay? <laughs> the Dishes Douchebag, <laughs> the Puppy Slayer, the Fridge Fucker, the best the one. Shoplifter. <laughs> General Small P the third, 
Ratatouille the Rapist, the Pepsi Prick, the Hungry, <laughs> the hungry Hippo, Original Tiny Dick, <laughs> Dickhead the Navy Puss, the Golden State Dickler, the Golden State Pickler, the Hamburglar, and that's, I think that's it. That's great, Quinny. And they know that also I, I looked up his wife and stuff and they also, she officially like got out of having to testify and stuff, which is just crazy. Wow. She divorced him. They were still married like from the seventies, like to the nineties. She didn't divorce him until the nineties. And so all of her like. That whole time? Yes. Can you imagine? So, and so get this. So she originally would have had to testify because they were, or no, excuse me. She would not have had to have testified because they were married. And so rights or whatever, marital confidentiality, whatever. But then because she divorced him, she was going to basically be subpoenaed or whatever. And then she like she somehow managed to get out of it. She like managed to get out of it and she like made a statement and she was like, basically, um, I'm not going to speak on the subject and I'm not going to talk about it. And I'm not. And, and so they're like, and it's just, so it's a mess. The whole thing's a mess because they like, they really need her. Like they want to be able to get like his daily kind of diary essentially of like what was going on every day kind of thing. And she refused, well, ju- she just refuses. So there's that too. Because we know about 60 home invasions, 50 rapes, and 13 murders, but who's to say what else happened? And there's no way that his fucking Dracula ass is going to... During the whole investigation, they saw that there was somebody else involved. And Paul always knew that there was like a second person. And for a long time, when they were trying to figure out when they were trying to put the East area rapists together with the murders that were happening in Southern California, they started to realize that there was like maps that he had drawn and things that he had drawn. And there were like, there was a woman's handwriting, like a pretty handwriting. And like, they don't know whose it is or where it came from. And, but Paul Holst always suspected that like, there was somebody that like had inside scoop and like knew that he was doing some fucking shady shit. Okay. I believe it. Yeah. Totally believe it. Crazy. I I totally, totally believe it. That is nuts. I've been listening to pretty much everything that I can consume about the Delphi murders, which I'm sure that we will cover. Um, So I don't, I don't want to get too far into it because it's not part of our update on this episode, unfortunately, (laughs) because because we still don't, because we still don't um, know what happened, but uh Nick from True Crime Garage did an episode kind of on his thoughts with another podcaster about the Delphi murders. And he pointed out that that individual likely has someone helping him. Must. He must. Like keeping him, alibying him, keeping him out of the media, uh, like being a person that doesn't look like a wife maybe or so someone who doesn't look the part to be able to be like oh i was just in the neighborhood or i was you know to to protect them 
I, I bet it's, uh, I bet more serial killers than we want to admit have complicit, at least complicit yes. partners. I yeah. agree. I mean, look at all the killers that are convicted in jail that have like, you know, a horde of women wanting to be with them after the fact. You know what I mean? Even so yeah. they're still free and putting on the charm and like able to, you know, do whatever, what they can get away with that way, you know? Yeah. Wow. Insane. It is. And she, I mean, whatever. It's her right to not to it's completely her right to not speak about it, but it just makes her look super shisty and it does. not it makes her look super shicey and you, this is kind of perverted to say, but you can make so much money, so much money by just like, by just giving an exclusive interview to somebody yes. um, to talk, to talk about it. But um, I think that she will eventually, that's what I think. I think eventually she's going to use it to her advantage and right. she, she can get it, make it big. Okay, but do, okay, but on another end, possibly, do we think that maybe she is still afraid? Like he's a, you know what I mean? Regardless of what she maybe knew, maybe now isn't with him, like divorce, whatever. Like she may still be petrified. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, don't we don't know what that. Is. I don't trust her. I don't fucking trust. I, I researched. I usually don't either. I don't particularly either, but I'm just throwing it out there. No, that is, and that is a good, that's a great point. That is a really great point that she could very much, be, you know, feel still threatened for her life. Absolutely. 100%. Um, but I find her to be a freaking shysty lady. Like how do you, how are you with someone for so long and not have any clue? There's no, or I just, oh, I just don't, I just can't. I just can't. I mean, if you are out prowling 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. pretty much nightly, that's hard to miss. Right? Oh. It's hard to not, I don't know, that's hard to miss. Did, yeah. I don't think he had any children, though. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, did. Three, three kids. Three. Yeah. One is like, One's a nurse, one's an emergency nurse. One like went to University of California for something. And uh, the other one has a daughter and her and the granddaughter lived with him when they caught him, like when they arrested Holy shit. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. We'll keep following the fridge fucker. <laughs> all throughout this and keep keep you updated and definitely keep you updated on his sentencing it's probably gonna be like a long page of life sentences oh yeah, yeah. we'll get more news about it too i know mm -hmm. more news will come out about kind of what's going on with him while before the next trial takes place the trial is going to be very famous it's going to be very famous and there's going to be a lot of coverage so Oh, yeah, and we'll be able to see the court documents once it's all over. We'll actually be able to see. We can see the entire investigative file, though, but it's public information. So we'll actually be able to see those things. RIP Michelle McNamara. She would be right. She'd be on this call. No, <laughs> she, she would be uh, 
reading, reading all of that, and, you know, we get another book. Definitely. Definitely. Another thing too, reading about her, it like made me think about us because she was like so obsessed and she just couldn't stop. And like she, and I was just like, I was reading about like her determination to like solve it and just everything. And it's so, I was like, it's us. It's us it's little. Inspirational. It's very inspirational. And what her family did for her to like finish the book and like. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. The show's great too. Definitely check that out on HBO. It's great. Uh, all right. We're going to move on from Golden State Killer to uh, an update on Madeline McCann. So um, for those of you who don't know, Madeline Beth McCann disappeared on May 3rd of 2007 from her hotel bed at a resort in Praia de Luz. Is it Luz or Luge? I heard Luz. Luz, okay. Praia de Luz in Portugal. Um, and she was three years old. So Madeline's parents, Kate and Jerry, brought the family on a vacation or holiday, as they say in the UK, Carly would know. And Madeline was accompanied by her twin siblings, Sean and Alicia, who were both two years old. So what you've got is Madeline and her two uh, twin siblings left on the ground floor of a vacation condo at 8.30 p.m. while their parents dined with, I believe, eight other couples or four other couples I think four other couples um, at a tapas restaurant that's included in the resort. If you, if you watch the disappearance of Madeline McCann on Netflix and I do recommend it, it's very well done. It's very frustrating, but it's just, it's, it's tedious as hell because it, it, it was just a mess. But um, the restaurant is 180 feet from the condo and I feel like that's a lot in my mind, but then if you put 180 feet into the average adult human's steps, it's 51 steps away. It's really not, the distance, it's just never, that that changed a few things in my mind because I, no, 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 no. I understand. I, I, I'm not leaving my kid in the condo, but, um, I can see why uh, maybe someone would. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they left the kids in the condo while they went to dinner at around 8.30 at night. And what they had done is several couples had done the same thing, left their kids sleeping in their condo uh, and unattended. And they developed a kind of rotation where every 15 to 20 minutes, an adult would leave the table, check on all the kids, come back to the table. Then 15 minutes later, another adult would go. So they just, everyone is kind of, checking on the kids, making rounds. That is bananas to me, but it is what happened. Um, and then Madeline's mother, Kate, discovered that Madeline was missing from her bed at 10 o'clock. So about 90 minutes had elapsed from when she last saw her. Um, there's a massive amount of fuck-ups in the early days of the investigation. Um, people like us, you need to start thinking about Natalie Holloway and Amanda Knox what happens when you're overseas, when you're in the country where you weren't born, um, is you typically have a hard time communicating or understanding the rationale of the police department, which definitely happened here. Um, Madeline has never been found as of today. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend Disappearance of Madeline McCann on Netflix. It really goes into depth um, about how the parents were 
basically burned at the stake um, for what for leaving their child unattended. Um, if you want to podcast about it, I highly recommend True Crime Garage's coverage of Madeline McCann. It is spectacular, just like everything else they do. Um, all their episodes are available on Stitcher. Um, but why are we talking about this uh, this little girl who went missing in 2007? Because on June 11th of 2020, a public prosecutor from the German city of Braunschweig announced an inquiry regarding the possible involvement of a 43-year-old man named Christian Bruckner. Um, this is what makes Christian Bruckner interesting. He is a serial sex offender. He moved from Germany to Praia del Luz in 1995 after serving part of a two-year sentence for molesting a six-year-old girl in Germany. He was working as a server for the catering company at the resort where Madeline disappeared. So they want to talk to him. Um, just to give you a little bit of a timeline of, of his life, in 2011, he was serving uh, 21 months for his part in a drug trafficking ring. It was, it was largely for marijuana. Um, so he's been in and out of jail quite a bit. He is currently facing a separate sentence for raping a 72-year-old American woman uh, who is on her waterfront villa porch when she was attacked, and that happened less than a mile from where Madeline McCann went missing. What? Mm -hmm. Additionally, um, they found a phone that they linked to him that had received a 30-minute call between 7.32 and 8.02 on the night Madeline disappeared, and it was in the Ocean Cup club complex so it's the same area where madeline was his phone pings for half an hour uh there between 7:32 and 8:02 um at the time of madeline's disappearance he was living a 10 minute drive away from the resort so he had transportation he knew the roads he knew where he was he knew the entire setup of the resort because of um of his job uh, German police have consistently said that they have concrete evidence that Madeline was killed following her disappearance in 2007, but we do not know what that is at this time. Um, and now that he has been identified as a, as a suspect in this case, now that the media knows his name for a while, it was just someone has been arrested in connection with Madeline McCann. Now that we have his name, um, Authorities in Germany have now linked him to the disappearance of a six-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl in Germany between uh, 1996 and 2015. So he is not, um, he has not formally been charged with her murder and I'm not entirely sure how the German legal system works, but I know you can be arrested for a small, like a parole violation in the United States and they can bring you in and hold you while they build a case. I'm not sure if it works the same way, um, but this is the this is huge. This is it, that uh, Netflix documentary about Madeline McCann and any any good podcast you want to listen to about it goes into minute, tedious detail about every single thing that could have been seen or maybe was seen. It relies so largely on eyewitness testimony, which is just so notoriously unreliable. Um, and so it, nothing like this was ever posed as, um, he was never on the radar until now. 
Um, so she's, she has been missing for 13 years. And again, they, they do believe that she's dead, but they don't really explain why. So I'm not sure if we have a body or I, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, look, look him up. Uh, look up his criminal past. It is unbelievable to me. He is creepy. You look really is. He's got a really intense face. Like he's, he's like not. really like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a little emotional going through this case because I'm like, how do these people like? You're considered serial sex offending from 1996 to 2015, and and you're fucking working in a like working in a restaurant with a bunch of families and kids. And how does it? I don't know. I don't know how it happens. It's unbelievable. So terrible. It makes me speechless. The whole case. It just. I have so many strong, strong feelings about a lot of this case. As you guys know me, I'm always like the enforcer. I'm always thinking everyone's totally guilty. And like, and I, and, you know, and I wouldn't wish that on any parent at all, ever. But come on, though. Fucking come stupid. on, though. It was on the ground floor next to a street. I don't care how many times you go back and check on your kid. I don't care if you go back every three minutes. There's still a two minute window when something nefarious can happen of any kind. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I can't. I, I, will, I would pretty much keep following this case um, and keep- I mean, We think he did it. Like, we think he did it. I can't. I don't think you could write a better suspect. Right? He is a, we're like, yeah. I mean, we need to see the facts and figures of the case, but um, he is, he's perfect. Right? Neither mm. way he's a shit, so. He's a total piece of shit. And I, I do feel like um, it makes me look at JonBenet a little bit differently. Because he was about fifth, I think he was, yeah, thir 13 or so years younger when he did this. So that would put him in his mid-20s. And I just, yeah, snatching a kid out from from their bed. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, um, didn't they find a uh, piece of DNA on John Bonet that was um, not anybody that they knew wasn't it a unidentified piece of uh dna on her underwear i think yeah yes so yeah same that that one fact right there always in the back of mind i can see why you would kind of it would kind of make you affiliate that because um for that exact reason because i always thought it was the brother for so, so many years, I was convinced. And then when I found that fact out, I was like, oh, shit, wait a second. Mm -hmm. That's a little weird. Yeah. I watched, I just recently watched uh, 48 Hours with a guy who kidnapped a little girl in his neighborhood. She was four. She was four. She's never been found. And he was like 20. Oh. And I don't think we're like, I don't think we're looking at 20 to 30 with little kids enough, right. like often right. enough.
Yeah. If you think of like this, you think of a pedophile as like this old, like. 50 plus at least. Yes. Some, something like something, I don't know, maybe it's because of priests, but you, like, you think of, you think right. of them being like old, old and um, th- they're not. No. Um, um, D'Angelo was having sex with little girls too. When he was in his, in his prime too, it was, there was a 13 year old, a 15 year old. Oh, right. That's right. Uh, Doing little kids too. Yeah. So listen. I'll put plates on their moms. All you 20, 20 to 30 year olds. Yeah. I'm coming for you. Watching you. (laughs) We want you to admit what (laughs) you've done. (laughs) Okay. You've done. It is. Um, I think oh, we're, unless anyone has anything else about Madeline McCann, I think we are ready to move on to She Who Shall Not Be Named. She Who ha- Shall Not Be Named, but has like 10 names, okay? Like Quinny made up the names for D'Angelo. This bitch has so many names. She got married so many freaking times. Yeah. Yeah, she did. I can't. I can't. Who would marry? I can't. Yeah. We'll can you it. guess, ladies and gentlemen of our audience, can you guess who we are talking about? No, Lori Harlot. <laughs> Lori Noreen Vallo Daybell. The cult mom. Boo. 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 I can't. Boo, 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 boo. Also known as Laureen, Lori Noreen Daybell, Lori Noreen Vallow, Lori Noreen Ryan, Lori Noreen Lagioa, Lori Noreen Yanes, and her maiden name, Lori Noreen Cox. Gross. I can't. Hate you. Hate. I can't. Hate her. Yeah. She is the mother. Sorry, are you going ahead? Funny. What'd you say? Oh, I hate her. That's all. Sorry, go ahead. Join the club. So she is the mother to Joshua Joshua Jackson Vallow, or JJ, as he was known, and Tylee Ashlyn Ryan. JJ was born May 25th, 2012, so he was seven. And Tylee Ashlyn Ryan was born September 24th, 2002. She was 17 when they both went missing um, this last September, 2019. So there's just so much. And I really tried hard to not go crazy with it because it is not a full episode. Not go full <laughs> Keith Morrison on this motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so, I know. so hard, right? Yeah, yeah. it's so it's hard so to like, hard. sum it up all in just into one little ball. It's so yeah. hard. So if I'm going off on a tangent, just rein me back in. But there's just so much bullshit to unpack. Like I cannot. There really is. Whew. So, Lori, I'm going to call her Lori Vallow. Like, that's how, in my mind, it goes. Even though, like, mostly she's, most recently, Lori Daybell. Um, she... Or the second coming queen. I cannot. I can't. So, she actually had three kids. She had, um, first she had a son um, by her second husband named Colby. 
um, who actually ended up getting adopted by her third husband, and then she had Tylee, her daughter. She then divorced him, um, and he died, which starts the trail of dead men around this woman, okay? He died in 2018. So, but if you go back to 2006, after her um, divorce of um, her husband, Ryan, 282 days after her divorce, she marries Leland Anthony Vallow, but was known, who was known as Charles Vallow, okay? He converted to um, Mormonism for her, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, in 2013, they adopted JJ, who was actually Charles' um, grandnephew. Okay, so they adopted him and they moved to Hawaii. So, oh, okay. They moved to Hawaii. She, being a Mormon, she was like super religious. Suit, like she was really into like church events. She had a lot of church friends. She went to like a lot of different like, you know, Bible study, things like that. She became obsessed with this guy, Chad Daybell's series of books. He wrote um, like um, religious fiction or whatever called Standing in Holy Places. And so she, <laughs> what? It's like standing on the moon or whatever, yeah. or like standing on a golf course. Like, are you serious? <laughs> Did you guys look into Charles, into um, Chad Daybell at all? Like himself? Yes. Because, wow. Because, wow. Wow. He's something real, ain't he? Some he's real, real special. He's one of them hills have eyes types. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. So she reads his book, right, and becomes obsessed with his books, like his way of thinking or whatever. She ends up um, going on a podcast with him called Preparing a People, which is just more of like the doomsday religious tripe which I just can't get into so she meets him goes on the podcast December 2018 that February of 2019 she told her current husband Charles she no longer cared about him or JJ their adopted son and oh. that she was actually the reincarnated wife of Joseph Smith who was the founder of Mormonism she then disappeared for 58 days <laughs> Oh, Queenie, I can't. There's just so much. She disappears for 58 days, okay? Her husband files for divorce, and in his file, he states that she threatened to kill him and that she sold him $5,000, okay? The following month, March 2019, he withdraws the petition for divorce, and he wants to try to make it work with her. That didn't go over too well. And he ended up being shot to death on July 11th, 2019, during a confrontation at Lori Vallow's home. And he was actually shot by her brother, Alex Cox, who's claimed self-defense and was not charged with the murder. But I wasn't able to find the actual ins and outs of that whole incident. But I don't, I don't believe it for a second. I no, do not. They seem to be wanting to keep that a little bit not, they're not letting that come out right now for whatever reason. Exactly. They're keeping that hush hush. Because I try to search 
for that too. I spent a fucking hot minute trying to find some stuff on him. Yeah. And he, I, I listened to his state, like his statement to police Mm -hmm. with the statement that he made, like at the, you know, um, I think it's, it's Dateline that has the, um, a little, a little bit of audio from that day. Uh And, um, he's like, he started yelling, talking about, um, Charles. He was yelling. He was confrontational. He made me scared. I went and got my gun and came back and shot him. I thought he was going to hurt me or, but nobody, nobody was in the house. Right. Right. So so second, second guy died now. Second, second one involved with her has died. Okay. Let's just keep adding him up. So she actually had been, she had actually told one of her friends that she knew from the church, Melanie Gibb. She actually told her that she had a dream that her husband had passed away not too long previously before he actually died. Interesting. Just throwing that out there. She then um, bought a $40 wedding ring using his Amazon account. After he using, died. Using the dead husband's Amazon account. Bought a $40 wedding ring. Okay. Cool. Oh, super cool. Super Just like cool. filling up your car. Yeah, doing good. Wow. So, in the meantime, Chad Daybell, okay, had been married to his wife, Tammy, for 28 years, and they had five kids together. Um, Garth, Emma, Seth, Leah, and Mark, and they were aged from like 21 to 27 years old, okay? He's writing his end times fiction. He's going on the podcast. He he states he hears a voice from God telling him to move to Idaho, doing all these things. He states that he sees the veil between worlds, between heaven and earth. Wait, Carly, can you say that one more time? We lost you there for a sec. He states that he can see the veil between heaven and earth. And that the Lord, he asked the Lord to dial it back a bit because he just saw too much. And the Lord complied. Got to. So. Okay, I got you. So he's he's married to his wife, Tammy. October 2019, she's attacked by a man in a mask with a defective paintball gun. She dies 10 days later in her home by... Quote, natural causes. Effective paintball gun, huh? Yeah. Three can't. dead. Okay. Have already been <laughs> if you can't it? read my crayon sheet, we're up to three. Three people have died. Chad states she went to bed with a horrible cough, and when he woke up the next day, she had died. And no one questioned this. She, was, she was fine. He refused an autopsy, and the judge said, yeah, that's okay. We don't really need one. She was a perfectly healthy middle-aged librarian. Like, you don't need to do an autopsy on her, but fine. That's fine. Um, recently, she has actually since been exhumed, and she has been autopsy. autopsy. We're just waiting for the results. They haven't been released to public yet, so I will keep you updated on that once we get it. Two weeks later, Chad married Lori in Hawaii. Two weeks after his wife of 28 years dies randomly. 
Fine. Fine. Court documents show that he received $430,000 in life insurance money after Tammy died. And multiple sources say that the funds came from several different policies that Chad had made significant increases to at least one policy before Tammy passed away. That's fine. So now both Lori and Chad are widows with their most recent spouses mysteriously dying or, you know, self-defense. That's fine. They get married. So that's when their like warped religious beliefs like really just get out of hand, just getting wild. Um, he is stating, you know, he's the prophet. He's, you know, looking through the veil, yada, yada. And um, Lori is just absolutely enamored with him and completely believes everything he says, completely believes he's a prophet of the Lord. I, I can't even begin to think like how you can imagine that's true, but that's fine. So they have, in the meantime, sorry, I just lost my place. That's okay. It's hard to keep track of all There's of the so, dead people. So many dead people. Look at through your notes going, oh, just look for the murder. Oh, there's oh, wait. seven. Exactly. Oh, wait, that's not even what this is all about. No, I see <laughs> Not even what this is all about. No. <sighs> oh, yes, really quick. Daybell, Chad Daybell had stated that he and Lori were exalted and they could not divorce okay this was before they ended up getting married okay so it just adds to the fact that both of their spouses mysteriously die because they weren't allowed to divorce but that both chad and Lori had lived multiple lives over thousands of years of five different lifetimes on this planet and were married many times but only five on this planet earth there were other planets that they also had lifetimes on. Oh my gosh. And they married each other so many times because they were each other's favorites. So they were meant to be together. And Lori was like, you're right. Yes. yes. That's right. So, so they're just smoking a lot of weed. They're just really, okay. they're just let, they're just letting it all hang out. They're just <laughs> going it. All right. They were also believers of the 144,000, which I don't know if you know about. It's like the 144,000 in Revelation, it's basically like, I don't know the whole ins and outs, but it's this thought that the end of times will come and only 144,000 will survive throughout the world. Right. Like those most pious. And the preparation right. to be held for that. The mm. Right. And they fully believed, they fully believed that the two of them were part of that 144,000, okay? And they told their good friend, Melanie Gibb, which we'll hear more about her later, that she would also be part of that 144,000. So now they're only thinking that they're good. They're telling their friends, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Makes, makes a lot of sense. So getting back to the kid, JJ the seven-year-old was last seen on September 23rd, 2019 in Rexford, Idaho, when his mother, Lori, withdrew him from school, telling the principal that she's gonna homeschool him, okay? He was um, autistic and he went to um, 
the Lawrence Institute of Education. So I don't fully, I think it was like, you know, a, a school that like, you know, catered to maybe autistic kids and like helped them out a little bit more. So like when they heard that they were, he, she was withdrawing him from the school, like the whole, like the teachers and the principal were really kind of like, that's maybe not the best idea. And they kind of really felt bad for JJ, but they couldn't do anything about it. Um, Tylee was last seen during a September 8th day trip to Yellowstone National Park, where the uncle Alex Cox was in attendance. And um, no one hears from them for months. Allegedly, the brother Colby, Lori's oldest child, received text messages and money on Venmo from Tylee in the coming months, like after September, October. But he didn't feel like the text messages were quite like in the right tone that Tylee would normally have texted him. And she just went so long without answering any calls, like he became suspicious. So the grandparents actually ended up calling the authorities saying like, where are these kids? No one's seen them, it's been months. So their friend, Lori and Chad's friend, Melanie Gibb, the last time she saw JJ um, was prior to that September missing date. But during that time, Lori told Melanie that JJ had turned into a zombie and that a zombie was a being whose body was playing host to a dark spirit. And when the dark spirit inhabits the host body, the person's true spirit goes into limbo and it's stuck there until the host body is physically killed. And this comes after she had overheard Lori calling Tylee a zombie over the phone a couple months previous. And Tylee said, no, mom, you're the zombie. And like laughed it off and like went to the other room. And Lori was like still going on to Melanie about how like horrible she was. Okay, that's fine. So they're both missing. The grandparents called the authorities. No one's heard from them. So finally, November, 2019, the police question Lori where the children are, like about the whereabouts and the welfare. Lori and Chad state that the uh, that JJ was staying with their family friend Melanie Gibb in Arizona. In that Dateline episode, um, she states that they both called her a couple times to try to convince her to lie to the authorities, and she wouldn't. So when the, when the police call her to check on JJ, she said, he was not there. I haven't seen him at all. So in, in trying to find JJ, the police find out that his older sister, Tylee, is also there. After questioning, Lori and Chad leave Idaho, leaving behind a storage locker full of kids' things and photos, and they flee to Hawaii. They're there until February 20th, 2020, when Lori was arrested and charged with desertion and non-support of her dependent children. And she was also charged with resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime and contempt of court. She was then extradited to Idaho um, in March of 2020. Mm. So at this point, she's the only one with charges. Nothing, nothing bad, she's the only one being charged. June 2020, the authorities use pings from the cell phone of Lori Vallow's brother, Alex Cox, to determine that he was actually on Chad Daybell's property in the um, days after they've gone missing. 
and he they use those pings to determine where to search and they search his um chad table's property and they find two sets of remains one of which was well preserved wrapped in a double layer um, of plastic and buried under rocks the other um, remains were too damaged by fire and dismemberment and no longer had any recognizable features. So that set of remains had to be identified through an x-ray and um, that ends up being Tylee. The well-preserved remains end up being JJ. Um, Chad Dabo was arrested later that day. <laughs> that hey. is six dead. Just keeping track. I, unreal. Chad's arrested and he is charged with destruction or concealment of evidence. Lori has also since been charged with destruction or concealment of evidence as of July 2nd, and they have both pleaded not guilty. Um, and since then, Lori's charges of desertion and non-support of children have been um, rescinded. So it's just the felony counts of destruction or concealment of evidence. Oh, also, there's seven dead because I forgot um, Alex Cox, Lori's brother, dies of a blood clot December 2019. So we can't even ask him anything or question him in any way. Yeah, blood, because I'm blood clot. some shit to blood. do with it. Yep. So just, I mean, there's so many dead people around this woman. How is it just now all tying together? You know what I mean? It's unreal. I mean, what? what do you, what do you even say? Like, I mean, the story is so insane and so like almost totally entirely unbelievable, but it happened. No. When and I, and I tried to cut so much from it too. because There's still so much BS to like wade through. Yeah. Yeah. It's one, it's one for the books for sure. It is. When I read oh that one, when I read that one of those remains was wrapped up, well preserved, the other was dismembered and burnt. I'm like, dismembered and burnt is the little boy. Because, and, and it, it ended up being that way, but I, I thought that because um, she's not a blood, uh, he wasn't a blood. Um, he was adopted. It, yeah, and I know that it was his grand nephew, Chad's yeah. grand nephew or something like that, but... um. I just, something told me that she, that when she killed her daughter or had her daughter killed, uh, there was like some ceremony to it. Her right. body was preserved. You know, you know. My question was, why, why is it like the two, it's the two kids under 18. Okay. The older son, he was 20 or 21, so nothing, he's fine. All of Chad Daybell's five children who are 21 and older, nothing's happened to them. Why is it only the two dependents? Because for that exact reason. It's just sick. Because she just wanted to sever her ties, ties. and go live her life. Yeah, no, see, that's where the Anthony type of situation if you ask me right but see now all this there's all of this talk about how she's saying that the kids were zombies like it was her godly mission to rid the earth of zombies like the only way that's, to get rid of them is to kill i think that's complete bullshit that's what they do that's that in the religious way it's complete bullshit 
She just did not want those kids anymore. She didn't want to deal with it. She wanted to go off into the sunset with the prophet Chad Daybell and be and be crazy over there. You know what I mean? It's just well, so there is also this very much there is like a stigma with that church as well. I mean, it very much is like like they like even the people that they call prophets in that church are very high up and highly well respected and renowned, like renowned. And he was that. Yeah. And I will say I have family members. I have family members who are Mormons and they are the sweetest, best people in the entire world. I love them to death because they are nothing like these horrible religious fanatic, you know what I mean? Which I don't even necessarily agree that that was what Lori's motive was. I don't don't feel that it was religious based. I think she just was selfish and didn't want to have her children anymore. Mm -hmm. And what have we learned? True crime people, what have we learned about doomsday cults? They will create doomsday. <laughs> they will not wait for it to happen. They will make it happen. And those children, oh, it's also because I'm totally obsessed on Julie Grainwalker right now. The little boy, um, it, it really gets me, really, really gets to me, uh, especially. Of course, all of it is incredibly tragic, but the kid just, uh, it's clear that whatever situation he was in to begin with, before he went to Lori and Chad, was not acceptable. Right. And then he gets into another situation and he's cast in a play he didn't audition for. And now he's, he's, his life is cut short. Like that's awful. It's just, it's absolutely awful. I, I don't know. Um, she, yeah, I just think she was done. Yeah. I think she was burnt out on being a mom and was just like, I'm just gonna. And like, nobody made her have kids. Nobody made her adopt JJ. You know what I mean? Like, no. you could have just let him go and live with someone else who would have cared. He's gonna seriously, seriously pay for what she did. Like it's kind of and sure. that charge, Carly. That charge you mentioned, the um, conspiracy to not uh, what was the charge? It was about soliciting um, criminal solicitation to commit a crime. Now that was before they found the bodies, right? Yes. So yeah. that's got to be that's got to be her second husband. Um. Yes. So they're they're gonna tie in. Alex, her having Alex kill her second husband. But now they got her before they got the bodies. They got her on that. I think that he killed that. I he killed him, and then I also think he may have killed one of the kids too, because he was. Yes. When you said that he was with her, right? In the Yellowstone National Park, right? The last time she's seen, yes, he's photographed with her at Yellowstone National Park. And then there's also, which I didn't get too much into, um, his cell phone pings at Lori Bell's apartment from like midnight to like 3 a.m. or something. The night, the night of, or like the night after, you know, that trip. Lori, like Brian Chad likely told him that he was one of the thousand whatever people yep. and said, you're on this mission and this is your mission and we will give you money and we will pay you. I would like to, to know how much of that life insurance he got. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. 
Lori yeah, and Chad did not fucking let. They didn't do shit. No. They didn't. Put, they didn't die? lift a finger. How did he die? Blood Alex. Clot. Blood clot in December. So, like, he dies with a blood clot. No blame. Charles dies um, because of Alex's self-defense. No blame. Tammy dies of natural causes in, in her middle age. Like, no blame. It's a crock of shit. And her previous husband, um, what's his name, Ryan, dies of a heart attack as well. Which, they weren't together, but he's still dead. Yeah. Those all, those all are like, that's, those are, those are hard to prove murders. Right. But. It ain't like something made clean in the milk. Somebody shit in the strawberries. Any? Somebody pooped on my blueberries. It's true. <laughs> like essentially she's like a black widow in a way. She is. You know? She's like flying harlot. The chill, the children though. And I feel like, I feel like women who kill are like, like pretty good at it. Yeah. Like they almost, they get like, they, they make out pretty okay financially and most people don't suspect. Yep. They're taken care of in some way by someone. Yeah. Like I, I don't, um. Yeah, you're right, Katie. Like, why didn't she just leave him with somebody? People do it all the time. People, people peace for for years and leave their kids with people. Exactly. And Tyler was seventeen. Yes, she was this close. Just tell her leave and don't ever come back. Like, go look at your brother. Yeah. Obviously, they were causing fucking problems. Obviously. See, I don't think that it was just about her personal, her own personal, oh, I want to be free. No. They probably didn't like Chad. I think those kids were causing them fucking problems and they were, they were, they were causing, they were getting in the way of them being able to be together. And that is what I think. I never hear about her having an occupation. Lori. And something that we learned in the Julie Grainwalker case is that for two years after he was missing, they still took their state check for him. Yeah, it's so fucking. Oh I God. wonder if she. Do you? Th- I mean, she could have been getting assistance. Mm. I'm because a lot of times adoptive parents get assistance. Yes. Yeah. And if he's missing, that's some research to do right there. If he's missing and not and not technically dead because he hasn't been found, the little one, right? Um, they could still collect. I bet yeah. you they did. I bet. Uh, yeah, not to mention, so she used that um, Charles's Amazon account for that wedding ring after he died. That wasn't the only time she used the account. Like she used it a few other times for other things, but it just most notably was a wedding ring. But yeah, well, I'm using it after he's dead. Yeah, she did. She was. She was get. She was getting money. Collecting their social security. Yes. I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you, this is the. It's all about the pros. It's a prosecutor's claim. It's a prosecutor's claim. 
So it's not, it's not a 100% um, accurately official or source. Uh, and there's but smoke, there's fire, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. A prosecutor said that the Vallow, that yes, Vallow continued to collect social security benefits in her children's name after they were last seen. Arrest my case. And she stole the $35,000 from Charles's first divorce petition that he stated. And he stated that he was, that he threatened to kill him. Oh, God, I'm sorry. And then he died. Oh, it makes me so mad. I can barely take it. I'm waiting on pins and needles for Tammy Daybell's autopsy to come public. I'm waiting for that. I'm also waiting for Jose Baez to contact Casey Anthony's lawyer to contact Lori Vallow and be like, hey, I have a record of getting the most hated woman in America off of a murder yep. charge. And then, he, yeah, and then he'll make millions more dollars. I am very, I, I am worried because everybody hates her because she is a total piece of shit but um but everybody does hate her and with a with a good attorney an attorney who would want to make a name for themselves on a case like this yep. um they better this better be iron clad this hey, and let's not forget be let's not forget chad daybell too because he's not fucking innocent either no, no. he is he needs to rot hell just as much as she does Girls, this is going to be a wild year for us, though, as far as, like, these trials go and, like, the way that this kind of stuff is going to yep. play out. It's, like, going to be very interesting for us for our, like, season to come and so we'll we have to do more update episodes, for sure. Yeah, we'll have to do more update episodes. And the best thing that you can do, that any of us can do, is keep talking about this stuff keep sharing this information because after a while you start to go, wait, I feel like I heard that before. Did they ever look into, you know, whatever it is? And, and, um, we were, before we started recording, we were talking about the new season of unsolved mysteries and that this, we need more of this. We need more people able to hear about these cases and maybe they were there. They knew somebody who was there. There's just so, so many people who don't get justice. Exactly. I, um, they're bad criminals. They did it bad. They did. They did it really, really bad. And like, you know, I'm sorry. Like you, you, you can't wear your Fitbit and carry your iPhone while you kill people. Like you just, you can't like it's so anyway, but please do. If you're planning on killing someone, please bring your iPhone and wear your Fitbit. Um, but yeah, the best thing we can do is keep talking about it and keep spreading this information. Um, so I think that's about it for this update episode. I'm sure we're going to have more. We're going to keep, we're going to keep trucking. Um, there's a little thing called the coronavirus that's, uh, going on in our lives right now. So we haven't been able to be like in studio with each other or do anything like that. But thanks to zoom, we can do this and we want to, because we miss it bad. Very much. And we're just going to keep doing it and keep talking about it until we solve every unsolved case yes. in the world. Ever. Including John Benet Ramsey. Including, oh my God. Carly's going to have a statue on her front lawn of John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> yes. yes, I am. 
Justice for Jambere. Exactly. Yeah. Next to my Black Lives Matter poster. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, Quinnies. All right, Quinn.